It's the Jimmy Z Show! Boy, the way the Bee Gees played. Movies John Travolta made. Guessing how much Elvis weighed. Those, Those were, were the, the days. And you knew where you were then. Watching shows like Gentle Ben. Mr. We could use a man like Sheriff Lobo again. Disco Duck and Fleetwood Mac. Coming out of my A-track. Michael Jackson still was black. Those were the days. <laughs> nauseous, literally nauseous. The Jimmy Z Show is produced, written, and directed by Jimmy Z. The show is wholly owned by Jimmy Z, all rights reserved. Content from other sources belong to the copyright holder and or speaker. In each case, Jimmy Z can be reached via email at thejimmyzshow at gmail.com. Jimmy Z, this is the United States calling. Repeat, this is the United States calling. Jimmy Z, do you copy? Over. Hey, Stan, I was on my computer at work and saw that you have a Facebook page now? Yeah, Dad, I was kind of forced to. Well, so, are you going to add me as a friend? No, Dad, I I really don't want to get more into it. Oh, okay. So I'm, I'm not your friend, then? Dad, you are my friend. But you just don't want to add me as a friend. Dad, it's just a stupid click of a button that takes two seconds. Right, but you don't have the two seconds, or... I just want to do my homework. All right, fine. Just to be clear, you and I are not friends. All right, Dad, I'll add you. Oh, cool, okay. Jimmy? There's no turning back now. Hello?
everybody. Jimmy Z, the big Jimmy Z show. I want to thank you for listening. You know, I wasn't going to do this program. And, uh, well, not this soon. I wasn't going to do this program on February 1st, Monday. But it's Monday night. It's kind of late, 9.30. And um, I was on Facebook just kind of looking things over before I shut down the computer and went to bed. Which isn't really going to bed. It's like watching TV for a while, but whatever. So, there's a post here about the uh, the rushing of the leftist tide. The Democrats going wild since the election. Since the inauguration of illegitimate Alzheimer's patient Joe. <clears throat> And uh, one of the guys here said, it's not over. <clears throat> we have to... <clears throat> Excuse me. Here, I have an idea. I'll mute myself just for a second. Okay, that should be better. Uh, this, this person, Brandon, wrote, <clears throat> it's not over. We must keep voting like we did for Trump. Big voter turnouts. And another guy, and by the way, I was listening to one of my shows from some time ago, one of the programs I did on, I'm sorry about all the microphone noise, jeez, um, a couple of the shows I did where I talked about flying the flag upside down, so this is pretty old, this is back in 2010, I think, and I was reading the back and forth that I had on Facebook or somewhere, wherever it was, online. And I thought, you know, this reading of an argument doesn't really, it didn't, it didn't sound great to me. It sounded okay. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't like it wasn't interesting, but it seemed, uh, it seemed kind of petty. And of course, I'm always putting myself in in uh, the best possible light, and I recognize that. And, of course, that's, I guess that's normal, but in, in my case, where I'm talking about politics, and we are discussing issues uh, between one person and another in a venue like Facebook, I just found that it was... Uh, less interesting than it could be. But then this thing came up tonight, and I thought, you know, this is this is an important thing here. This is something that should be talked about. And for some reason, my voice sounds weird to me in the headphones. I don't know. God, I can't wait to get my, my bitchin' microphone in front of me. But anyway, uh, just to move on real fast... This guy, Brandon, says that uh, it's not over. We have to keep voting like we did for Trump. We don't just give up. And then uh, this guy, Jim, comes along and says, well, what, pray tell, is the point of voting? And so I posted this video from Dick Morris, and he answered almost immediately, so he didn't listen to it. 
I'm going to play it for you right now because this is from um, the middle of December 2020. And you need to hear this because uh, this is important. And this is a way. It may not be the way, but this is a way. This is an option that we have in front of us to turn around this voter fraud nonsense. And it makes a lot of sense. Now, we have to get the majority in the Senate and the House in 2022, and then we have to win the presidency again in 2024 to pull this off. So this is long-term thinking here, but it makes a lot of sense. Dick Morris on the permanent solution to voter fraud. We can't keep doing this where every election, it's going to be dragged into a month or two month long process with litigation, uh, checking minute things for ballot fraud and completely uh, alienating the whole country. Um, and in this case, possibly resulting in the theft of an election. So I have a solution to it to propose. The Voting Rights Act of 2021. In 1965, the United States Congress and President finally understood that the different states in the South particularly had obstructed the voting rights of African Americans. And they superseded the constitutional requirement that states decide the procedures to follow on election day. They did it for the states of the former Confederacy, plus New York City that they also found violated the federal standards. So. They overrode the Constitution, really, which really meant that instead of following the Constitution's prescription that the states are in charge, they obeyed the 14th Amendment, which said states may not violate the constitutional rights of their citizens. So with that in mind, they passed the Voting Rights Act of 1965, which worked incredibly well and ended uh, racial bias in the South over voting. Uh, before that, the states had interposed all sorts of obstacles like poll taxes, literacy tests, not to mention terror by the Ku Klux Klan to keep blacks from voting. Under the Voting Rights Act, the entire process was federalized. The federal government appointed the registrars. The federal government registered people to vote. The federal government tabulated the elections. The federal government set the standards for ballots and so forth. And the Voting Rights Act was in effect until just a few years ago when the Supreme Court repealed it because there was no ongoing evidence of racial discrimination in voting. Now it's time to bring that concept back, but not for southern states, for all states, uh, particularly those states in which there was a history of ballot fraud. Congress needs to make a finding that because of different state rules, the equal protection of the laws is being denied American citizens. And that because of fraud in states protected by governors and legislatures of the same party, their rights are being obliterated at the state level and therefore in federal elections. And in consideration of that, the Voting Rights Act of 2021 should give the federal government the power to register voters, to set ballot standards, to set up voting systems, to tabulate the results and to certify the outcome in federal elections. States can still do state elections. 
That's fair. That's just. It's constitutional. It's following the precedent of the 65 Voting Rights Act. And I think it ought to be done. I'll bet that this idea catches on. We obviously won't pass it until after 2022 uh, because the House and maybe the Senate will block it. But after we win the election of 2022 in both houses, our top priority should be this revision. Then maybe we have to wait until 2024. Revising the Voting Rights Act to give the federal government this power has got to be a top priority of the Republican Party. All right, that's Dick Morris at DickMorris.com. And most of the time, I'm not going to play the whole thing. But this time, it was too important, and I wanted you to hear everything he was saying. Is it likely that this would happen? Well, these days, I don't think anything is very likely. But it's certainly possible, and it does make sense. So when I see somebody, and it's not just this guy, Jim. It's anybody on Facebook or Twitter who talks about, oh, it's over, it's over, it's a, nothing's ever going to happen again. The, the elections are always going to be screwed, and we're always going to get screwed. And they just stole the election, it's over, the country is over, everything's done, I'm going to bed. <laughs> and that is just, I can't stand that attitude. I, after the election, and after we started to realize that it had been stolen by acts of voter fraud and election tampering on a massive scale that we've never seen before, uh, for about six hours, I was despondent. And I felt the same way. That's it. It's over. I'm moving to Czechoslovakia or wherever. I was really ticked off and I felt hopeless. But like I said, that was for about six hours. And then I started to crawl out of it and realize that it's never over. In America, it's never over. We made it through the Civil War, for God's sake. We can make it through this. We can change things back. So Jim, almost immediately after I posted a link to this video that you just heard, Jim says, Dirk, want to buy a bridge? And I I don't know who he's talking about. He, he should have said Jimmy Z. <laughs> so he says, you want to buy a bridge? And I said, you couldn't possibly have listened in that little time. And you, and you could just roll over if you want to. I'm not going to roll over. There's a lot of work to be done. So then he says this, and uh, this is so hopeless. And, uh, you know, if I ever say anything on this program that is this hopeless, I want you to hit me upside the head. He says, you do understand that they won. They destroyed what was most dear to our cause and most hated by them. Free and fair elections are a quaint thing of yesteryear. They will pick who will run and have already determined who will win. And there's nothing we can do about. Absolutely nothing. I think he meant to say there's nothing we can do about it. But he said, and there is nothing we can do about. Absolutely nothing. I responded, you didn't listen. You want to be defeated. It's not over. It's never over. Be a part of fighting back. Don't lie there defeated. Good Lord. He says again, hey, it's over. I'm smart enough to know that. 
they stole a presidential election landslide win. And not one Republican lifted a finger to help Trump. Which is a lie. <clears throat> I don't know, maybe he just doesn't know. Maybe he's not lying. But I said, yes, some Republicans absolutely did stand up for Trump. But your kind of negativity is genuinely harmful. It would be better for you to move to another country. And uh, he responded again, but uh, my computer is acting up. I'm reloading this thing. Oh, Lord have mercy. I just can't stand it. I apologize. This kind of stuff makes me cuckoo. Yeah, so he says, on January 6th, we all moved to America with a K. Well, I didn't move there. And these kind of people genuinely piss me off. And that's why I'm not in bed right now watching TV, simmering down and getting ready to go to sleep. Because I cannot stand this type of thinking. This type of uh, negativity. Doomsayers. I mean, why don't you just end it all if it's over. That's so ridiculous. And then the other thing, of course, is that, it, and this is even more important, this is not going to be solved politically. We ended up talking about this at great length a number of times on my program during the Obama years. There is no political solution to this because the problem is not political. The Bible tells us that we are not facing human beings, flesh and blood. This is a battle for the soul of America on a spiritual plane. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against powers and municipalities and uh, all that other spiritual stuff. I made a uh, a really great thing that goes through a few quick Bible verses about the differences between physical and spiritual and who the enemy really is. The enemy is not Democrats. This fight for the United States is happening spiritually. Good versus evil. So have a listen to this. This covers Second Chronicles versus uh, I'm sorry, Second Chronicles seven verses thirteen and fourteen, Ephesians six verse twelve, and Psalms eighty five verse six. This is about God saving this nation. This is about a battle between good and evil on the spiritual plane and what this country really needs more than any political fix is spiritual revival. The Lord appeared to him at night and said, I have heard your prayer and have chosen this place for myself as a temple for sacrifices. When I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain, 
or command locusts to devour the land or send a plague among my people, if my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God, so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Restore us again, God our Savior, and put away your displeasure toward us. Will you be angry with us forever? Will you prolong your anger through all generations? Will you not revive us again, that your people may rejoice in you? Show us your unfailing love, Lord, and grant us your salvation. I will listen to what God the Lord says. He promises peace to his people, his faithful servants. But let them not turn to folly. Surely his salvation is near those who fear him, that his glory may dwell in your land. Love and faithfulness meet together. Righteousness and peace kiss each other. Faithfulness springs forth from the earth, and righteousness looks down from heaven. All right, then. So that's kind of where we're at, isn't it? All right? So, uh, look, uh, th that doesn't mean that we don't act politically. That's the system that we have. And, of course, we're going to act politically. I'm not telling anybody not to vote. I'm not telling anybody not to be an activist. I'm not telling anybody not to rally. You know, I do hope that uh, at some point President Trump holds a rally and gets people together and gets everyone fired up and um, ready to fight back against what the Democrats have in mind. And they have some atrocious ideas. Does that mean it's over? The answer is no. It's never over. This is America. And we have a system to fight back. We have a constitution. The constitu Even though the Democrats ignore the damn thing, the constitution still exists. Are the Democrats going to pack the Supreme Court? Possibly so. Are they going to? I heard today, I think it was Dick Morris again, saying that uh, one of the things the Democrats have planned is to add new courts. Like, for instance, you have uh, the U.S. district courts. They would just add more of those courts and, and create new districts. These people are going absolutely wild. And, and why are they going wild? It's because they never want to face what they had to face for the last four years with President Trump. They never want to have another president who puts the American people first. Even if you had Ted Cruz 
or uh, Mitt Romney as president, you would never have this kind of reaction from the Democrats after the Republican president had been defeated. This extreme reaction is purely because of Donald Trump. Trump came in and put the American people first. Everything he did was an attempt, and some of it fell flat, but most of it worked in our favor. Everything he did was an attempt to make life better for Americans. He wasn't, he didn't uh, uh, green light the Keystone Pipeline because he had oil buddies who were going to make a lot of money. He let the Keystone Pipeline go and, and, and be built because it would keep the price of gasoline and energy low. That's very obvious. And that's what he did. Gasoline in California is more expensive than elsewhere because of our uh, gasoline taxes and because of the uh, carbon nonsense that is built into the system. But our gasoline was right around $3 a gallon for super. I have to put super in my car because my car is so special. <laughs> but uh, it was between uh, 299 and 305 and 309 almost the entire last three years. And now... I went to the cheapest gas station I could find, and it was three twenty-nine. But most everywhere else, Supreme is going for three fifty, three sixty, and the rise in prices is because of what this guy, uh, Alzheimer's Joe, is doing in the White House. Everything he's doing is going to send prices skyrocketing because he doesn't care about the people. He doesn't care about the citizens, the working class. He doesn't care about union workers. I'm sure he cares about union leaders, but not about union workers. So, anyway, the Democrats are going wild because at any cost, they need to prevent this from ever happening again. They are attacking the American people. Just like Trump tried to say over the past year during his campaign, they are not coming after me. They're coming after you. You, the American people. You're the ones they want. They're going to slap you down. And sure enough, boy, oh boy, that's exactly what they're doing. But I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to lie back and say, oh, they stole the election. That's it. It's over. Good grief. If I really believed that and, and that there was nothing we could do, then uh, I probably would just, uh, you know, roll over, stay in bed, watch Gilligan's Island, and never think about politics again. And that would be pretty easy. And it... It would certainly be more pleasant than uh, sitting here and trying to think about what they're up to and figuring out what I'm going to talk about. There's a certain amount of stress involved in that. 
Okay, so let me talk about a few more things here while I got you, while I have your attention. Uh, different things that I set up on Facebook just to remind me that I wanted to talk about it. This is, uh, there's a lot of talk about how how painful the lockdown has been on the entertainment industry. And I just want to read something I wrote because you need to keep this in mind. And we're talking about mostly the concert industry, live music, because recorded music, they're still able to put out recorded music, but the recorded music industry took a dump a long time ago. That's why most bands make their money on tour. And that's why tickets are much more expensive than they used to be. Anyway, I wrote, The effect on big entertainment is enormous. It probably hurts the weekend warrior musician more because that's money that they use to pay the bills. But Polestar estimates a $30 billion loss in live music in North America in 2020. $30 billion. So anybody that had a tour planned, like Alice Cooper, I had tickets last May for the Hollywood Bowl, that whole tour was canceled, a world tour. Imagine how much money. Imagine how many workers were affected by these tours being shut down. Uh, from people who drove the tour trucks to people who, uh, the hotel rooms where the people were staying, stagehands, uh, you can't even you can't even add all of that together because the uh, the amount of people affected by that is it enormous so anybody that had a tour plan lost all that money all the venues big and small lost all that money the greek theater and the hollywood bowl in los angeles were closed for the entire season last year and I'm going to bet money that they will be closed again this year. Already in Southern California, out in the desert, the Stagecoach, the Stagecoach Music Festival and Coachella Music Festival are both canceled again, second time. 2021 will continue to suck for musicians. And this doesn't take into account anything happening in the stage industry. Broadway is toast. Imagine how many people, not just actors, but directors, choreographers, stagehands, theater owners, all toast. This is something Chuck Schumer said today. I'm jumping topics quickly. This is how Democrats are ramping up for big, big, big spending. With this rationalization from Chuck Schumer. And this is such a typical Democrat statement. He said, quote, the risk of doing too little, I should put on my Chuck Schumer voice. The risk of doing, <laughs> uh, maybe not. He said, the risk of doing too little is far greater than the risk of doing too much. <laughs> oh, my God. What a bunch of hoo-ha. Don't want to deal with a lot of flibbity-flab or mumbo-jumbo. No gobbledygook. This, 
<laughs> this quote is pure political hoo-ha, nonsense, crapola. The risk of doing too little is far greater than the risk of doing too much, meaning we can't spend too much money. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. I was looking for a bottle of cognac. I like to have some every now and then. And uh, I usually spend, I don't know, 30 bucks, 40 bucks, something like that. I found on the website for this wonderful store we have here in Costa Mesa, High Time uh, Liquor and Wine, 750 milliliters of Hennessy Richard Cognac, $4,399.99. It's on sale. It was $4,999, $5,000 for a bottle of cognac. Now, if anybody knows, I would like to know, what makes a bottle of cognac worth $5,000? Is it the fact that you drive a Bentley and you have all that money in the bank and nowhere else to spend it? $4,400. <laughs> God. I was going to go in there and uh, pick it up and t take it to... Well, you probably can't even pick it up. It's It must be behind a locked case. But, oh, I thought it was $44. $4,400? You could buy a really nice used car for that. Uh, Black History Month. I'm very upset. Black History Month happens on the shortest month of the year. And I think Black Lives Matter should be protesting. That is an insult to black people. It really is. Okay, the WNBA player who is in the process of transitioning to being male. And um, it, this brings up a few questions. Does it not? This article is at channel7news.com. Gender euphoria. Transgender WNBA player has surgery to remove her breasts. And I'm not going to read this whole article because, I, I'm sorry, this is, this is cuckoo. But she says, quote, It's hard to put into words. Maybe I can get the audio here, do you think? I, I, I'm, I'm trying to decide if we want to hear... What this crazy woman has to say. I'll just read it. I'll just read it. She says, It's hard to put into words the feeling of seeing my chest for the first time free of breasts. Seeing my chest the way I've always seen it. And feeling a sense of gender euphoria as opposed to gender dysphoria. She sighed and said, Freedom. Freedom at last. Now, I, I genuinely don't understand how somebody could be so confused that they felt enslaved by their breasts, that a woman felt enslaved by her breasts. This is gender confusion. But set that aside, okay, she wants to be a man, that's fine. She can't play for the WNBA anymore. Or is it the uh, the 
LGBTQBA. <laughs> Tarara boom DA. <sighs> I, I, I'm, I'm just so confused. Because if she is allowed, if he is allowed, is it he, is it she? Because you're supposed to say, if somebody says, I am transitioned, I am a male now. Or even if you don't have the surgery, even if you still have the breasts, if you say you're male, then that's what you are. We take you at face value. If you say, hello there, I'm male, then we have to accept the fact that you are male. And if she is male, how can you play on the Women's Basketball Association team? It doesn't make any sense. Women's National Basketball Association team. WNBA. How can you play there when you're a man? And truthfully, now we know because of what, um, what China Joe has done with his executive order, that, that means now that a man who wants to proclaim himself female, can join the WNBA. And I'm looking forward to the first such female, uh, the, the first such supposed female who joins the NBA, uh, the WNBA. <laughs> you see how confusing this is? But uh, I'm looking forward to Joe Blow becomes Josephine Blow, and then she join. he joined, wait a minute. Yeah, she joins, supposedly she joins the WNBA and starts kicking everyone's ass. Because, of course, he could not have made it in the NBA, but in the WNBA, he will be a superstar. She will be a superstar. I'm so confused, I don't know what to say. So, I think we'll play this song. Chester, and he used to be a girl, but she didn't like her world, so she's given up her pearls, and she's a man, and her name is Stan. She's a transgender from Rochester. that she was by and her gender made her cry now she's a dame and her name is Jane all right that's enough <laughs> Everybody, Jimmy Z, the Big Jimmy Z Show, continuing now with more nonsense. Because I know you love the nonsense. That's why you're here, listening to me doing nonsense. Yeah. Okay. Uh, this is another ridiculous commercial. 
about another mask. Now they're selling a mask that has, uh, I forget what they call it, a lanyard is what it is. It, it holds the mask around your neck so that you can always have the mask. And they show during the course of the commercial, they show people talking about how wacky it is when you're trying to find your mask and you can't find it and you're looking all over the house and you can't find the mask and now I don't have to worry about that because I have it hanging around my neck constantly. And then they show another scene where people are walking down a path, like through a park, and then as they approach people coming from the other direction, they pull their mask up because we're going to be within six feet or closer to these people who are coming our way. So quick, put your mask on your face so that you don't get the dreaded COVID. It's so ridiculous. And these companies, it, it makes you wonder, do they have some kind of inside information from government that tells them that it, they should go ahead and invest millions of dollars, not just in creating the mask and producing the mask, but then having two-minute commercials on television. How much money must that cost? So they've laid out all of this money in product development and producing the masks enough to sell and then making commercials to sell this new mask. There, are, there must be a dozen different kinds of masks I have seen advertised on television. And so these companies are investing all this money in front of selling this and if they put this is relatively new i think this commercial has been on television for about um i don't know two or three weeks and so if tomorrow the government decided that uh covid is not the threat that we once thought it was forget the closures forget the lockdowns forget eating outside only. You can go to a restaurant and eat inside. You don't have to worry about masks anymore. Well, these companies would be out of millions and millions of dollars. So I think that they're talking to someone, you know, make a phone call to Chuck Schumer or Nancy Pelosi. Hey, uh, how long do you think you guys are going to keep this mask thing going? <laughs> and then uh, Nancy Pelosi tells her her assistant who's talking to this business owner on the phone and says, oh, you know, not, tell them not to worry about it. They can, they can put the mask on sale because we're going to have the American people in masks for another two years easy. Uh, that wouldn't surprise me. Lose something? Where's your face mask? Probably in my car. Somewhere in my kitchen. He has no idea. When you need your mask, you want it right where you can find it. Introducing Copperfit Never Lost Face Mask, the new ultra-lightweight mask designed with a built-in lanyard that lets you lower your mask and is always right there when you need it. Sometimes people just walk on you just really quick. You're like, where's my mask? Yeah. And now it's like, oh, okay, you're coming. I'm ready to go. I'm like Pop in my up. purse throwing things <laughs> around trying to find it. Like, wait, one second. I like that it just hangs right off and then I don't have to worry about losing it. So it's always with me. Okay, I got my phone. I got my keys. Where's my mask? Oh, it's always with me. <laughs> An easy, adjustable ear loop design for custom fit and maximum comfort. I love the adjustable ear loops. It doesn't fall off. It's very secure. I don't feel the straps behind my ears. I've never seen a mask have that. 
you're expecting a good mask to be uncomfortable. Constantly like put my fingers back here and like give my ears some relief. But with this mask, I can breathe in it and probably never gonna lose it. Great. A triple layer fabric with a durable copper infused outer layer and a soft cotton double inner layer. This is brilliant. This is now my go-to mask because you don't need to be thinking about it. You just need to wear it. It's going to blow it out of the water against all other masks. An adjustable nose clip to help reduce fogging. You got to love that. Neverloss mask is durable, washable, and reusable. Get your copper fit Neverloss mask right here, right now. Why don't all masks have this? If you want a mask that doesn't give you Mickey Mouse ears and pull your ears right off your face, you want this mask. You want to simplify your life? Get one of these. Ask for the original by name. Copperfit Never Lost Mask. <laughs> I got my phone. I got my keys. Where's my mask? Oh, I can't find my mask. Oh, my God. You know what? I have a mask in my car. And um, I, my sunglasses don't go up in the, you know, you got the little sunglass holder up on, uh, above the uh, rear view mirror. And I don't keep sunglasses in there. So now I keep a mask in there. I refuse. I absolutely refuse to ever have a mask hanging from my rear view mirror. I've seen people driving around with a mask hanging from their rear view mirror and it looks so lame it, it's not quite as lame as driving in your car alone with your mask on your face that's the ultimate stupid thing and now two masks or three masks and and now dr Fauci has already said oh you know no, no, not really the two masks don't really do anything <laughs> How many times have these people that, that hold our lives in their hands backed off of what they said and then say something else and then back off of that or turn around and go back in the same direction again? Unfreaking believable, these people. It's just so stupid. But these mask people in the commercial, they have one Asian woman is throwing her hands up in the air going, Where, where's my mask? I can't find my mask. And, oh, now I don't have to worry about it because it's hanging around my neck. And this guy says, uh, excuse me, uh, this guy says, oh, you know, it's so great because I don't have to worry about my mask anymore. It's just always there. It's always there. Peace of mind because my mask is always there. No, no. That's not peace of mind. You have been had. You have been transformed into mask boy for no freaking reason. So stupid. And then they, like I said, they show people walking down a path and then they see people coming toward them. And so they rush to reach below their chin and put their mask up because dreaded COVID might come from these people who are within a few feet of us for 0.25 seconds. Good Lord. <sighs> it really does. Let me try that again. It really does drive me cuckoo. All right. Uh, let's see what else I got here. To go through this real fast. Oh, worldwide stupidity, climate change. New Zealand is going to phase out petroleum cars and slash cow herds. Now, 
the uh, what does it say here in the article? Real quick, this is at Breitbart.com. New Zealand unveiled a blueprint Sunday to phase out petroleum-powered cars, while its dairy industry, a key pillar of the economy, must now slash cow numbers under the ambitious plan to be carbon neutral by 2050. That's 29 years from now. Carbon neutral. Absolutely ridiculous. They're putting their citizens through this for no good freaking reason. Boy, I tell you, I can't stand what these governments are doing to people. There was an ad on Fox 11 here in Los Angeles. And they it's one of the television station ads. It's like uh, public service ads or something. And it said in print on the television screen, even without symptoms, you can spread COVID. And people can die. <laughs> it actually said that. And I just, I sat up in bed and went, what? You filthy scumbags. You just won't let it die out. Bad choice of words there, but they just won't let it go. Even without symptoms, you can spread COVID. And if you are spreading COVID, people will die. I mean, really. Just stop it. We've all had quite enough. Honestly. All right. Uh, let me see if I got anything especially interesting before we shut this off here. Um, a left-wing columnist, Harold Meyerson, has published a column at the American Prospect, a prominent liberal publication in which he suggests that the entire, not just a few of us, the entire Republican Party belongs on the domestic terrorism watch list because of the presence of members like Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene. She's taking a lot of uh, grief and criticism. She's kind of a cuckoo bird. She's a uh, QAnon type. And I'm not going to get into what that means. If you know what it means, fine. If you don't, forget it conspiracy theory people basically but uh, now the Republican Party should be on the domestic terrorism watch list because the Democrats don't like this one particular representative from Georgia <laughs> oh brother um, there's an I'm not going to read all of these but um, there's an anti-Trump political action committee now that says the current GOP is no different from ISIS. <laughs> this is how crazy they are. They are, and again, they're going so crazy because they do not want to ever have to face another candidate like Trump because he was in it to make life better for the American people. That's not what the Washington culture wants. That's not what the swamp wants for Americans. Uh, Democrat Representative Hayes, I don't know what her first name is, she's a black woman. She says it will cost about $250 billion to reopen schools safely. 
250 billion, a quarter of a, a quarter of a trillion dollars to open schools again. Well, what a surprise that Democrats think it's going to cost boatloads of money to open schools. Good grief. Now, there's this thing. Uh, should, should I go through this? I'll go through this really quick. There's a story out there about Legacy Salmon Creek Hospital. And a woman was supposedly, reportedly, being held against her will because she did not want to get a COVID test. She was in for another, uh, she was in for treatment of another kind, and she did not want the COVID test. And so they wouldn't let her leave, supposedly. Well, I read all about this. The best article I found was at KATU, Channel 2, ABC in, uh, where is it? I guess that's, uh, is it Portland? Oh, don't know, you know. Let me scroll down to the bottom and see where you guys are, you know. God. And, of course, some of these websites don't even take you down to the... I don't even see where these guys are from. You can look it up if you want to. Channel 2, K-A-T-U, an ABC affiliate. And now i got to scroll all the way back up, 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 up. Sorry about that. Okay, um... Legacy Salmon Creek Medical Center, just north of Vancouver, was put on lockdown Friday night because of a protest outside of its building. Protesters said there was a patient inside who was being held against her will because she wouldn't submit to a COVID-19 test. Turns out that was false. But it was according to a woman who started a live stream on a YouTube channel owned by Ammon Bundy. And you remember the Bundys, supposed heroes with a bunch of people who took over a federal building on federal land. And there was one guy, I can't remember his name, he was a nutball and he ran away from the police. And then he wouldn't take his hands out of his pockets and the police shot him. And it turned out that he had a handgun in one of his pockets. And this, I covered this in detail on my show years ago. I actually heard an interview with this guy. It's coming to my name. His last name is Finnicum. F-I-N-N-I-C-U-M. And he was actually interviewed here in Los Angeles on KFI. And the guy was absolutely nutballs. You knew that he was going to come to a, uh, to a bad end. So uh, this woman is associated with Ammon Bundy, and the Bundy people are crazy. They are, if, if I remember correctly, they are anti-vaxxers, which means they are people who believe that no vaccines are any good. According to the Clark County Sheriff's Office, a woman had called authorities to report that her mother, who was admitted to the hospital the day before for medical reasons, was now being held against her will. The woman said that she had a medical power of attorney over her mother and was not being allowed in to see her. Well, that woman, the daughter, refused to put on a mask. Apparently, later, she decided that she would put on a mask, but so much trouble had been caused outside the hospital, I believe, this is my interpretation, I believe the hospital said, nah, you know what, we don't need this. You can stay your ass outside. 
The patient refused to submit to a COVID-19 test upon being admitted to the hospital and was subsequently placed in a 24-hour quarantine for protection while receiving medical treatment. You see how this works? If you're going to go to the hospital and they want to give you the COVID test, get the damn COVID test. Don't play this kind of freaking stupid game. And if you don't want to take the COVID test, don't go to the damn hospital. I almost said a bad word. A deputy who responded to the call was able to speak with the patient, the mother. Authorities said he was able to determine through basic questions that she was able to make her own decisions. She said that she wanted to remain in the hospital so she could receive treatment. While the deputy was interviewing the woman, roughly a dozen to two dozen people started to gather outside at the behest of the patient's daughter, who was recording the video on the Ammon Bundy channel on YouTube. And they were demanding that she be released. As the crowd gathered and started shouting, the hospital went into lockdown and requested the presence of additional sheriff's deputies. Look, once the hospital goes into lockdown, even if that daughter walks up and says, hey, I'll be glad to put on a mask now, they're going to tell her to F right off. (laughs) You have no business here. You have caused us nothing but trouble. We're not letting you in now. And good for them. A live streamer in the crowd told followers online that it was all hands on deck it was a all hands on deck situation outside the hospital deputies said that several people in the crowd had open carry firearms and gas masks in hand what a bunch of freaking lunatics at one point during the protest some people in the crowd tried to force their way inside when a person not affiliated with the demonstration walked into the hospital and deputies had to physically push people back from the entrance. I'm sorry, people, this is stupid. This is insanity. Don't behave like this. God, makes me embarrassed to be a conservative. Makes me embarrassed to be on the right side of politics. Good Lord. What a bunch of what a bunch of losers. Crazy people. When the man refused a deputy a, a deputy's pepper let me try that again. When the man refused, a deputy pepper sprayed him in the face. Sounds like he deserved it. All right, Jimmy Z, the big Jimmy Z show coming to a close, but we'll be back again probably later this week. Seems like I'm fired up right now, so I'll be talking to you more and more often. If I do that, you're going to have to keep up. Until next time, from the right wing on the left coast, Jimmy Z. Bye-bye for now, everybody.